Thank you for the praise and the wonderful uh, anthem. That is exactly what I'm going to talk about today. Conflicts and struggles are part of our lives. It is our reality. Wherever we look, we see conflicts and struggles. We see them in politics, in our family, among friends, and also, unfortunately, in the church too. Because of conflicts and struggles, people get hurt. Our relationships become sour, and we even become divided and hostile to each other. Yes, it is our reality, but it is sad to see that. It is the opposite of living in peace and harmony. The church at Corinth was infamous for their conflicts and struggles. They fought over everything. They were deeply divided. Everything, every issue became the source of conflicts to them. In his letter to the uh, churches at Corinth, the church at Corinth, the first thing St. Paul said after his greeting was not to fight. Here. Now I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you should be in agreement that and that there should be no divisions among you, but that you should be united in the same mind and the same purpose. They fought over everything, including even spiritual matters. Some had the gift of speaking in tongues. How nice. But there was a fight and conflict between between those who had the gift of tongues and those who did not. There was division and conflict between the rich and the poor. There was a problem because there were people who thought they were wise. I mean, wisdom is supposed to uplift us and help us, but the wisdom didn't, their wisdom did not help much. Rather, it only brought about conflicts. St. Paul had to say to them, where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? And the church was divided at least into four groups and didn't get along. There were people who followed Apollo. There were people who followed Paul. People followed Peter. And there were even people who said that we are purely following Jesus. They were great leaders, but people who followed them were divided. It is sad to see God's church be torn apart like that because of conflicts. It was very painful for Paul because Paul was the founder of this church. And yet he saw, he witnessed these deep division and conflicts within the church. He was even kicked out by them. And he was beaten up by them. 
And he was the founder of that church. He was so, he felt pain in his body. But you know, every cloud has a silver lining. We can find something good, even in the worst situation. From St. Paul's pain and suffering came beautiful words about love. You see that in the famous passages, passage of Saint, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. We heard that through the music today. How beautiful. Thank you for the music. The new president of the United States, Joe Biden, said in his inauguration speech, I know speaking of unity can sound to some like a foolish fantasy these days. I know the forces that divide are deep and they are real. And he said, our history has been a constant struggle between the American ideal that we are all created equal and the harsh, ugly reality of racism, nativism, fear, demonization. This, uh, this is our historic moment of crisis and challenge and unity is the path forward. Unity is the path forward. Today's story is about whether they could eat certain meats or not. To us, is a kind of silly argument. It is not even an issue to us. To us, the issue is whether we will have tenderloin or sirloin or, uh, you know, that is our issue. But their issue was whether we should meet, uh, eat meats or not. You may think it's a silly argument, but are we any better? We are divided about whether we should wear masks or not. I didn't know that there could be political division on that. In those days, eating certain meats became a huge issue because most of meats in the market were first used for the idol worship. Idol worship was a part of the culture at that time. It was everywhere. The ancient people lived in fear. They were scared of making gods angry. So they gave sacrifice to appease their gods. And they used meats for their sacrifice. After the idol worship, the meats came out in the market. Also at the parties, when you, when you go to parties, they serve those kind of meats. Some new Christians who were just converted from the pagan religion were scared and wondered, can we eat meats that were used for idol worship, they asked. For those who had enough theological knowledge and strong faith, this was not a problem. They said idols were just human-made sculptures and they, have, they had no power to do anything with the meats. We should have no problem eating them. They were confident about their faith and their identity and they had knowledge. When Paul met Christ, one of the, most, the biggest issues was to overcome his understanding about food. Jewish people had a very 
strict rule about food. Paul also observed the, the strict dietary rules before he met Christ. St. Paul but saw that this rule about food created unnecessary burden on people and restricted their life of freedom in Christ. Jesus also said, what goes into our mouth cannot defile us. It is what comes from within us that defiles us. Paul had a similar attitude. Paul believed that the food itself should not be the issue. He said, food, food will not bring us close to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat and no better off if we do. But St. Paul saw something disturbing that was going on in the church at Corinth. It's not... It was not just about whether we should, we could eat meats to uh, sacrifice to idols or not. There was a deeper problem he saw. He saw the attitude of the people that poisoned the community. This attitude created conflicts, struggles, and division. And that attitude was the Attitude of, I'm better than you. I'm better than you. They constantly compared themselves with others. In everything they did, they had to prove themselves right. Because they had this, I am better than you attitude. They approached even their spirituality in that way. That's why they had a conflict about gift of tongues. The people who had a gift of tongues had this attitude of, I'm better than you. My spiritual gift is better than yours. God loves me more. That's why God gave me this gift and God did not give you that gift. I'm more spiritual than you. And there was also a problem with communion. At that time, communion was not just a ceremony taking a little piece of bread. It was like a meal. They gathered together and had a meal, and a communion happened during the meal. This was what Paul said. For when the time comes to eat, each of you goes ahead, of, ahead with your own supper, and one goes hungry, and another becomes drunk. The rich people did not have to work until very late. So they came early and, and ate a food. The poor people had to work late by no choice. And by the time they came, there was not enough food for them. The rich people ate everything and got drunk while the poor people had nothing to eat. That was what, what was going on in that spiritual community. The rich people had this entitlement attitude. Paul theologically agreed with those who said they could eat the meat used for idol worship, but he also saw that these people looked down upon those who could not eat because of their fear. They did not have this attitude of understanding them or taking care of them, taking care of the weaker members in the community. They approached them with contempt 
I am better than you. This kind of attitude creates a toxic environment among us and in the church and in the world, in society. Since I'm better than you, I deserve to get a better treatment and more benefits. From this entitlement attitude comes racism, sexism, and all kinds of discrimination. St. Paul taught exactly the opposite. We can see that in his letter to the church at Philippi. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Regard others better than yourselves. That means, I wish that you become a better person than me. Kind of attitude. I like to have that attitude with my staff too. I wish that someday, I mean, now, even now, better than me, but though much, much better than me. That is totally opposite of I am better than you attitude. Thinking that I'm better than you does not make you any better than others. It only exposes our own immaturity. It tells us that we are not yet comfortable with ourselves. When the disciples were not spiritually mature yet, they were fighting with each other about who is greater than, who is greatest, who is greater. When Jesus was talking about dying on the cross, they were arguing about who was greater. Sign of immaturity. Paul saw that people at Corinth had the right knowledge, but it didn't help the community. It rather became a stumbling block. It became a source of conflict. Of course, knowledge is very important. It gives us understanding, and with this understanding, we are free from the unnecessary fear. In the beginning of this pandemic, we had lots of fear because we didn't know what we were dealing with. We didn't know about this virus, and we didn't know what the, uh, the implication uh, of all these things that there were ha that were happening. Now the situation may be worse or not any better, and yet we have less fear because we know this virus and we know what to expect. So understanding and knowledge uh, free us from the un from the unnecessary fear. And Jesus also said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. But my friends, knowledge is not necessarily the truth. And it is the truth, not knowledge, that sets us free. Knowledge by itself cannot set us free. Knowledge without love has no power to set us free. Knowledge without love cannot bring us the unity. St. Paul started his advice in today's passage with these words. Now concerning food sacrifice to idols, we know that all of us possess knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. 
Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. How true that is. When knowledge is not combined with love, it creates only vanity. This vanity creates arrogance. Knowledge exalts one who has it, but love does not exalt the one who has it, but others. Jonathan said very eloquently too. St. Paul said, and if I have prophetic powers and understand, understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. Knowledge without love creates arrogance that exalts only oneself. Faith without love creates fanaticism that promotes only extremism. And hope without love creates fantasy whose bubble will be soon burst. When there is love, knowledge becomes the truth and will set us free. When there is love, our, our faith becomes holy sacrifice that saves others. When there is love, our hope becomes a beautiful dream that makes us persevere through our suffering. That's why St. Paul concludes about his love chapter in this way. And now faith, hope, and love abide. These three and the greatest of these is love. Austrian poet Rainer Maria Rilke said in his letter to the young poet Franz Capu, he said this, to take love seriously and to bear and to learn it like a task, this is what young people need. For one human being to love another, another that is perhaps the most difficult of all our tasks. The ultimate, the, the last test and proof, the work for which all other work is but a preparation. For this reason, young people who are beginners in everything cannot yet know love, they have to learn it. With their whole being, with all their forces, gather close about their lonely, timid, upward beating heart, they must learn to love. Jesus' greatness is not, was not, is not in his teaching. It is not in his miracles either. Jesus' greatness is in his love. That's why Jesus summarized all commandments into one word, love. Only the power of love can bring us unity in this broken and divided world. Everything has to be done in love. When there is love, everything comes alive. Whatever we think, whatever we do, it has to be based on love.
Let us sing together.